Welcome, gentlemen. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. I am the founder and curator of Gird Up, and I am super excited that you're with us. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, thanks for joining us again. Hope this is a blessing to you on your journey towards Christian manhood and being the man that God created us to be. I created this podcast because I realized in this ministry, because I looked around and I realized I wasn't the man I wanted to be, and I wasn't becoming the man I wanted to become. And I decided something needed to be done about it, and I thought I would share that journey with you. I thought the best way um, to uh, become the man I wanted to be was to surround myself with men of God who are passionately following the Lord. And the best way to do that is to build a community of believers, a community of men who are choosing to live out their calling as men of God. So this is a resource for that. This is the place where you're going to find those men of God who are faithfully walking in love and in truth and pursuing the Heavenly Father. Today's episode of the Gird Up Podcast is sponsored by Pastor Mike Novotny and his new book, Three Words That Will Change Your Life, The Secret to Experiencing the Joy of God's Presence. Now, Pastor Mike has been featured on the podcast several times. You should go back and listen to his episodes. Um, But he's got a new book coming out, and those three words are God is here. That tiny little sentence can change everything. Truly understanding God's presence is the key to more happiness, less boredom, more rest, less rush, more love, less drama, more peace, and less fear. A deeply satisfying life doesn't require a sabbatical, a new career, or a New Year's resolution. As long as God is glorious enough and near enough, you can cast aside the cheap substitutes you've settled for and enjoy the life that is truly here and now. This book will help you shake off the guilt and shame of sin and see yourself as God sees you. Find the joy he has been waiting to give you as you discover how three little words can revolutionize your relationship with God. Three words that will change your life. Pastor Mike Novotny is a co-pastor at The Core. He's the lead speaker for the media ministry, Time of Grace, and he serves as the chairman of Conquerors Through Christ. I had a chance to read this book over Christmas break. It was an excellent read. Um, I really, truly enjoyed it, presenting the gospel message in ways, uh, unique ways that I haven't quite heard before. Obviously, there's nothing new under the sun, right? And this gospel message has been preached before, but Pastor Mike has an awesome way of uh, putting it ways you've never heard it before, maybe, um, and presenting it in a different fashion. He does a great job of weaving in humor. <laughs> I laughed more times, I think, than than any other uh, book that I've read in the last couple of months. I mean, he's a very funny guy, very quirky guy, and his personality definitely comes through in his writing. He's the master of the footnote, I would say. Um, very, very, very funny stuff. Um, but he also has some hard-hitting law and some absolutely wonderful gospel in this book. It's definitely worth the read. Um, if it uh, if it doesn't change the way you think about God, it'll definitely refine it um, and help you to hone in on truly who God is and uh, what God does for us and uh, the reality that God is always with us and he is always here. If you'd like to have your podcast or your ministry or your product or your company or whatever it is, if you want to be advertised on the Gird Up Podcast, make sure you contact me. All of my contact information is at the end of the show. Uh, We can make a deal. Uh, We can definitely get you advertised on the podcast. Just let me know what you need. Blessings, and let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. 
Fellas, fellas, we've been talking about Samson. Uh, we've been studying men of the Bible. We've been talking about Samson. At this point, we've read pretty much the entire story of Samson in the book of Judges. Um, and uh, Samson has a knack for picking a fight. Samson um, starts, it all starts actually in, in Judges chapter 15. Uh, the Lord actually, or Judges chapter 14. It actually says, uh, this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. Samson's whole job as judge of Israel was to pick fights with the Philistines, and it's awesome. And if you notice, every time he picks a fight with the Philistines, it's because the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And so um, at the beginning, with the whole incident with his first wife, uh, who is not faithful to him and who tries to trick him, and uh, he starts like he, he he starts with a bet, and that turns into him killing thirty men, and then they come and attack the the Israelites and kill his wife, and then um, uh, Samson destroys all their crops, and it just goes back and forth and back and forth, and for the rest of Samson's life, they're just going back and forth, and he's killing them, and then they come back, and then he's killing them again, and then they come back. My favorite one is the start. A story where he he's tied the Israelites try and give him up, right? The the Philistines come to capture Samson, and the Israelites are like, "Yeah, we don't want to fight you." And they go tie up Samson and try to deliver him to the Philistines. And uh, Samson picks up the jawbone of a dead donkey and kills three thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And then he's so exhausted he thinks he's going to die. And the Lord opens up a spring for him right there that he drinks from, um, and it restores his strength. Just an incredible story. Um, it's all incredible stories. The, the feats of strength that Samson does are just incredible, and it's all because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. These are not things that a normal man can do. These are not things that a, a man can do without the help of God. And it's incredible, and it's awesome. Um, from the time we were kids, though, we've been told to be nice. And I would contend that this idea, this nice idea, is not in Scripture. This is not a biblical concept at all. Samson certainly wasn't nice. God did not create men to be nice. He does, of course, promise the fruits of the Spirit, which include love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But nowhere does the Lord ever command his sons to be nice. Niceness is a passive state. To be nice is to let things be, to not get involved. It's an effort not to offend, an avoidance of confrontation, a lack of definitive action, good or bad. Notice that all the fruits of the Spirit are action words. None can be exhibited or cultivated without being deliberate and without conscious effort. I want to reflect the love of my Savior. I don't want to be nice. Jesus himself was hardly nice. His words to the Pharisees and teachers of the law were often incisive and rude. He calls them snakes and fools, whitewashed tombs and sons of the devil. He calls Peter Satan when the apostle accidentally tempts him. He even tells the rich young ruler he's been sinful, scolds his disciples for the lack of faith. He even drives with a whip, and by the way, a whip, in, a whip is a weapon, and he made it with his own hands. So he made a weapon to use, and then he drove out the money changers from the temple. Jesus is not nice at all, but he is, and he was, kind, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, good, gentle, faithful, and self-controlled. He was all the things that he says he should be without being nice. The things Jesus said and did were all carefully considered and artfully crafted to either convert or enrage any man who heard them. And when Jesus spoke, people were either um, enraged by it or they began to believe. In doing so, Jesus accomplishes two purposes. He teaches his followers and us how to live and how to treat each other and how to deal with wickedness. 
And at the same time, he convinces the Jewish leaders that he needs to die, which turns out to be a vital part of God's plan of salvation. Jesus is, without a doubt, picking a fight. Samson's whole life was a life purpose, I'm sorry, was exactly that, to pick a fight with the Philistines. And he proves to be quite skilled <laughs> at picking a fight. When Samson marries the pretty Philistine girl, he bets with her relatives that they can't solve his riddle, and they cheat, they give him the answer, and he owes them 30 sets of clothes. So he kills 30 other Philistines, strips their bodies, and turns over the bloody clothes to pay his debt. And then the Philistines hand over Samson's wife to his best man, so Samson burns their crops. The Philistines kill his wife and father-in-law, so Samson viciously attacks them and kills many. And then when the Philistines march out to war against the Israelites, he kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And all this time, throughout his 20 years of leadership, the Philistines are so busy with Samson at their hand of, that their hand of oppression over the Israelites lifts, at least for a moment, from Samson's people. So the Philistines are so busy with Samson that they no longer oppress Samson's people. But Samson didn't do all of this alone. Each time he does a great deed, it's because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. It's not by Samson's own strength or wisdom that these deeds are done. The Lord guides Samson's leadership step by step. Samson lived his life with incredible discipline. Don't let his poor choices fool you. He never drank a drop of alcohol. He never ate unclean food, which is not an easy accomplishment. Um, he never, he always kept the Mosaic law, which was designed for people to fail so that they would see their need for a savior. And he never cut his hair. He knew the will of the Lord because the spirit of the Lord dwelled in him. He walked with the Lord. He knew the scriptures and he lived a life of service to his father. Samson was not a perfect man. At times, Samson was hardly even a good man, but he walked with the Lord over 20 years. And the Lord blessed his leadership. If Samson hadn't stood against oppression and idolatry and debauchery and sin, he would not have been the Israelite leader that Israel needed, and he would not have been serving the Lord. You and I have been commanded to live at peace with each other and to let those who walk in darkness see the light of Christ. There are times, however, when corruption and sin ruins the peace that we have. And in these moments where corruption and sin ruins the peace that we have, as men of God, we must pray for guidance and wisdom and, direct and discretion, and then we need to take decisive action. When wickedness reveals its ugly face, it's time to pick a fight. Now, there's a difference. And what is the difference between being nice and displaying the fruits of the Spirit? I contend that it's that passiveness, right? You can't be passive and display the fruits of the Spirit. Those are all active verbs. So, what's the motivation that drives niceness? And how does that differ from righteousness? There's a lot of men who are nice men, but they're not righteous men. So, what's the difference between being nice and being righteous? And why do some men choose to be nice instead of righteous? Second, I want you to share or think about some situations that you have taken action that you should have taken action, I'm sorry, but you didn't. So what are some situations that you've been in where you knew that you should do something and you choose not to? Right? What could or should you have done differently? Um, think of real-life examples of men picking a fight with wickedness. So think about your own life. I guarantee you can think of some situations where you chose to be nice instead of being righteous, instead of doing the kind thing, instead of doing... Um, the righteous thing, you chose to be nice, right? Um, being passive, essentially, is what we're talking about. So what are some situations where you were nice instead of doing the right thing? 
What are some situations when you were nice instead of being a righteous man of God? What could you have done differently? And uh, think about some examples of men picking fights with wickedness. Men, real life men, real life examples who choose to pick a fight with wickedness, who choose to be righteous in the face of temptation to do what's wrong. And finally, how does a man prepare himself for that day of action? How does a man of God train to fight against wickedness? What do you do? Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, how can you prepare yourself for that day where action is required of you? How can you prepare yourself for that situation when you can't be nice anymore? You've got to be active. You have to display the fruits of the Spirit, which is every day, by the way. How do you prepare yourself for those situations where the temptation is to be passive and nice, but God calls us to action? How do you prepare yourself? Let's pray about those things today. Father, you are merciful and good. You love us despite our wrongs. Thank you for sending Jesus to fight, conquer, and vanquish the devil and free us from the bondage of sin. As we live in this victory, strengthen us for the fights that we face. Let us be righteous and just. Give us wisdom and skill as we work for your kingdom. Give us rest and let us live in peace with each other and come quickly to bring us safely home to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.